this song you're hearing is by Kevin Doba featuring Andy Hudley. It's called City Lights, the Tricore Remix. Welcome to the Pacific Pelican US Slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown. Yourself. Too liberal, can't be done. But take yes. five, it can be done. In Charleston, South Carolina, you guys had an earthquake. And they sent out this letter, the mayor did, and said, please help us. We need help. Because we didn't have a FEMA. You know, so they said, please help us. Send it all to the newspapers. And guess what? They got help from all over the country. The next thing they sent out was a letter saying, don't, Come on, don't bullshit me. We got all we can use. Americans take care of Americans. But one thing that struggles with me is that our people won't work. I mean, I'm just like you. I go in line behind the, the person that's, you know, got multiple children and, and got the nicest You like discipline. Get in the nicest car and they pull out their wood car to buy their groceries and you just bought their groceries. Thank you. I mean, it's so oh, shit. Right. I mean, that's the whole problem with the government getting involved in charity. Because the government will no. steal its power. So if you grow it, then they don't really care as long as you're going to have people roles because they use it. Take it back! I mean, you got to think about the intent. I mean, the church should be taking care of folks that are less fortunate. Negative. Just like the folks that, when I sent the stuff out, the, the tornado victims are the people we're taking care of with the earthquake. That's the role of us. That's us. Not don't be ridiculous. Keep in mind, the government does nothing well, so why would we let them take care of our most needy? And then they use them as hostages. Every, every budget cycle. It's the seniors, and it's the poor. What do you want? And most of the poor have fallen. Go ahead. You know, you got, you got, you got, you got ten guys here. 
10 years here. They have left their families, left their damn families. Why are you doing this, sir? To help this country as is a sports adventure. So what's going on? Do anyone understand that? We do, and we appreciate that, and we wish them well with cultural exchange. No, 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 I'm just saying, no, I don't give a f***. I'm just rash ass with the hell. Stop it. I'm saying to you, look at these guys here. Look at them. Yeah, but Dennis, don't put it on them. Don't use them as an excuse for the behavior that you're putting on yourself. You just basically were saying that Kenneth... I want to know what's going on, and I want to know right now. Don't use these guys as a shield for you, Dennis. Listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. Hey, no, listen, listen. Ah, I got it, got it. Let me, let me do this. Really, really, I'm going to tell you one thing. People around the world, around the world, I'm going to do one thing. You guy behind the mic right now, we're the guys here doing one thing. We have to go back to America and take the abuse. So shut up! You have to take the abuse. What we going to take? Do you, sir? Let me know. Are you gonna take that bitch? We're gonna get it. But guess what, Joe? No deal. One day. It has to end here. This man is totally insane. Well, why this strange phone call? What's going on here? John and Kate Plus 8. Uh, well, I guess. Turned into two different people. Stop but after years in the spotlight, weathering a public and messy divorce, Kate and John went their separate ways, and the show ended its run. My God, are you Now, as teenagers, Kara and Natty want to set the story straight uh -huh. about their family and what life was like growing up Gosler. Kate, Kara, and Natty Goslin are with us now. Good morning to all of you. Good morning. Well, we have not seen you or gotten to talk to you two in a long, long time. And you're out because you want to let the world know that you're doing okay. Natty, what, what would you want to say about how you and your sister and your family are doing? Not so good. Um, Natty, your words. No, it's, it's hard. It's a hard it question. Oh. So what's going what on? You, Kara? <laughs> so this is their chance to talk. This is the most wordless I've heard them all morning. Yeah. Um, I, 
I, I don't want to speak for them, but Maddie, go ahead. Um, sort of the things that you said in the magazine. That Can I help you? They're good, they're fine. Go for no. it, Matt. It's your chance. No, you just said it. I said it. Well, let me ask you this, girls. I mean, to go out and be in People Magazine to say, hey, we're doing okay. Why did you feel you needed to say that? Do you think people had the wrong impression of you guys, Kara? No deal. Oh, wait, wait. What, what is she thinking? Do people have the wrong impression of you? Oh. I wouldn't say wrong. I would just say not like the full like story. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people like think that um, filming like our show has damaged us, but it's only really helped. It's not really done. They're more aware of what is out there, the, you know, inaccuracies, things that are said by the general public, their father, whoever in general, Stop whining. because their friends talk about it at school, so I sort of am forced to kind of inform them, and um, I think the most upset, we talk about it a lot, and the most upset they are is because they get really frustrated that people assume certain things in our house. What? And they always say, but that's not how it is, Mommy. Why do they say that about us? Yeah, but let me ask you, Kate. I no mean, deal. To have them come out here to do a big magazine article, to have them come on national TV and sort of put them on the spot like this, is, is that I helpful don't know. to them? Is that the right decision? Or does it kind of, that continued exposure, I mean, continue the injury to them? Yeah. Um, I mean, there is no injury to begin with. And these are any, you know, TV things that we do, obviously, I mean, I can't get them to do, at this age, at 13, anything that they don't want to do as with any parent so it's not like I you know force them to do it this was a hey you know the Today Show asked us if it's same with the People magazine asked us if we wanted to do this how do you feel about it and and they agree to it as with my nine-year-olds it's I a family a decision so I think that it's really frustrating when um, there is so much out there that is not true I'm getting to the point where I'm extremely frustrated and I don't spend time worrying about it mm -hmm. because I'm busy raising my kids and we Are know the mind? truth and that's why they're here even though they're tongue-tied mm -hmm. this morning um, to say that you know hey we're okay we're doing well would that be accurate girls to say would you guys want to do another TV show if you could yeah you would you could, it because it was fun or because you like kind of having your lives out there on display. Oh, you want me to say it? Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if you were going to say something there, Kat. Anyway. Um, do you remember that? Fun. I really miss it. And you do too, Kara. Kara does. She's just not going to say it. It's a lot of fun opportunities. And, um, you know, it, it's, if it happens, well, it does. If it doesn't, you know, yourself. it doesn't. And it's a family-made decision. And um, they're just really regular Everyday, awesome teenagers. Teenagers. No. Teenagers. You got your. We know you've got your hands filled. What are you whispering? A little bit more fabulous. Sorry. She said a little bit more fabulous. You're like gonna give you a few more compliments. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, it's nice I don't to know what's going on. I don't want to know right Thank now. you for stopping by, Kate, Kara, and Maddie. Take care. Wish you all the best. Thanks. That's awkward. Yeah, that. The, like the one on the left never really said anything and the one on the right only made a few kind of vaguely cutting remarks. Yeah. And then said she wanted to be on TV. Yeah.
I think they'll probably look back on this and realize how damaging it is. Thanks for joining me for this short segment, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I, we got that new Android tablet. It's basically like mine, I guess. The Samsung Galaxy 7 III. I just wanted to what did you think of it? It looks a lot better than the last one you had. Uh, well built and nice size. A little bit of a lag, I guess, but overall, it looked pretty clear. Cool. Alright, thanks, babe. to talk to Carrie. Uh, Carrie who? This is Gregory Stevens. Is she a staff member? In fact, I don't know whether I'm really talking to you or a recording. <laughs> um, would you, are you looking for a staff member? Mm-hmm. Stevens. Stevens. You and I have gotten along fine, and I don't know why this is happening. Out to get me. 1987? 
that's when that song came out. It's from Appetite for Destruction. That's that first album that has the, you know, Welcome to the Jungle and uh, Mr. Brownstone and uh, Sweet Child of Mine. I like that one. It's got some classic guitar on it. It's the only one that doesn't have an explicit lyrics by it. <laughs> um, oh, on Spotify? Yeah. yeah, you're right. That is that is a really good point. You know, uh, um, there is a new audio service um, out there because we were talking on a recent podcast about how there's, you know, Spotify still around. Now, they finally have, like, a web player. You know, like, you go to play.spotify.com, you can actually play on the web, right? Because RDO had been able to do that for a while. And Google Music is getting into that game. And uh, now Beats is launching a service, like a streaming music service, basically competing with Spotify and those others. Yeah, but how many workplaces do you think are going to start banning all these streaming music services if they haven't already? Well, that's an excellent question. Uh, 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 But I don't know because... Uh, I think that a lot of workers will use, uh, yeah, will use that those services uh, on their headphones and cubicles, right? Right. I don't, I don't know. What's your assessment? We just got the email that was like, you can't use these anymore, people. But I wonder if Are I Are you have, serious? Oh, yeah. If I have the desktop version of Spotify, though, doesn't matter. Well, you know, if you have some policy against it, you know, you probably want to avoid it. I mean, it's like... You can sync the music and then play it. But the thing is, Spotify still has to check in. So if they're blocking Spotify servers, you won't be able to check in once a month to verify your music. And so even if you have music cached, like downloaded to your computer, uh, you have to still be able to, you know, verify it. Because, you know, you're renting the music. The way It's a subscription thing. So they have to make sure you've paid your subscription every month, even if you have local music because i've learned that mainly just because i've had devices like secondary devices like my iphone 4s like or you know something like that where i hadn't turned i hadn't run spotify in a month so it made me made sure i got online to check in yeah i i can't go to spotify.com on my um in any browser but um i can still use the desktop and they said unless it's for work purposes and you know sometimes i have to figure out music for work purposes yeah well that's that you do you are in a more creative kind of a role than than most people at a company so i guess i find it kind of surprising though that they would ban something where like people might just be listening to music in the background uh it might enhance their productivity you know i yeah. I, I don't understand why they would do that like like for me if i'm doing a lot of work that involves a lot of words like writing or reading i'm probably going to listen to like jazz or something some people like classical or ambient you know uh, or white noise i use white noise sometimes like you know why why can't you use that a lot of times those things are productivity tools and some people like to listen to whatever rock music you know guns and roses or whatever in there in the background and and they can still do their normal work because it's kind of just like a background thing for them whereas you know i'm the kind of person that i think i usually avoid stuff with lyrics when i'm doing something verbal do you know what i mean yeah, I mean, the two main places I listen to Spotify are in my car on the way to work and then um, at work sometimes. And then I use it at home for, like, yoga playlists and just, you know, but listening in general, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just, I wonder, like, the future of the business and growing their subscription base, you know, and 
having to be streaming, you know, how are they, how do they, you know, foresee getting around these kind of hurdles? Yeah, I, I think they're they're pretty well established in the market, although I'm not sure how much money they're making. You know, it's still a new business. It's very competitive. There's a lot of different players still. So it's still shaking out, I think. But um, the, uh, you, you know, there's there's several different service. There's several different kinds of uh, labels, right? There's like Beats by Dr. Dre, which is the headphones. And apparently uh, Beats music, like, you know how... HTC phones and some laptops have had Beats branded speakers on their, on their, uh, and, and, you know, whatever audio setups on, uh, you know, on their products. Uh, the, um, the Beats brand is like, uh, not, I don't think Dr. Dre's really associated with that. Like that's, uh, but I, th I guess maybe Jimmy Yovine is, but I'm not sure. Like it's, uh, here's, here's the thing. The Beats music service is, uh, um, well, they're getting the headlines they want from USA Today, although maybe they're shilling. It says USA Today excessive demand creates traffic jam for Beats Music Service. So Beats, you know, it's like it's like uh, you know, it has an App Store and Google Play link, and it even has a Windows Store link. In fact, uh, so We're it says you know three. seven day free trial, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's. Uh, it says, you know, it's, it's trying to, uh, I think it's trying to push the curation angle. It's trying to, you know, say uh, that it'll it'll help you find the music that you want. But, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just going to be another competitor in that space. What's up with these long scrolling um, sales pages? It's a trend in web design, I think, where, look, this is something where you can try to show off your web design by saying it's responsive, meaning that it will respond, I'm guessing, to the width of the browser so that it looks pretty filled out if you're on a uh, large um, screen. But if, you, if you're on a narrow screen, it um, has a smaller set of images that it uses. In fact... As you can see here, it uh, some of the phones in the background seem to get kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, kind of, you know, like the detail kind of um, changes, you know, like, like, like some of the stuff gets, some of the elements get bigger uh, when you widen it. And, you know, it just, it's just like responsive design trend, which the problem, I think the flaw in it is it, it makes these websites look kind of spacey they look kind of you know like instead of verbose it's the opposite where you have to do a large amount of scrolling in order to see all the different you know parts and here they're kind of repeating themselves they keep showing iphones with the service on it over and over again and it's just you know like with different parts of the service like and and it's all black and white right yeah. like but you're right it's a lot of scrolling to get up and down and i guess they figure people are used to scrolling with their thumbs that a lot of people are going to be seeing it on a mobile device because that is going to that's their most logical target for this because right here they don't seem to be pushing the web sir you know um the 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 website uh they have you know available in the app store available on google play like i said you know in, in windows store so they're trying to make you just click that probably preferably from a mobile browser so you just go right to the app store 
Yeah, and I, I guess it's like if you if you're not ready to to you know click or buy, then you can scroll and. It's just, it's like, God forbid, you know, you could have any other clicks or, you know, there's, there's this whole thing of like, oh, it takes seven clicks to get there. And, you know, there's like, I kind of feel like responsive is like the, it's like the anti-click instead of the anti-Christ. It's like, don't let them click anywhere, you know, let them just keep scrolling forever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just feel like these web pages are like so long. I mean... I know. I, I'm I'm in the like era of nice little short things, and you click to the next page, and you click to the next page. But I get it, and I just I think it's just so interesting how one company and one device has influenced so much. I saw a web design trend. Yeah. You, well, what do you you mean like mobile Apple through mobile? Yeah, and, and just Google the, the whole idea of scrolling. You know, I mean. Well, yeah. Everything is so mobile now. And All the trends have changed. Absolutely. Think about mouse over. I saw an article that seemed really even obvious to me at this point that was saying the big trend um, in 2014 that's going away, that's going downhill, is mouse over events. Because JavaScript for a long time had cultivated a lot of uh, you know fancy stuff that you could do when you put your mouse on top of something. Different kinds of windows, different styled boxes and option panels could come up just from a mouse over or... This, the uh, the layout could change or events can be triggered, right? Like, But there's no equivalent event in mobile. Even though, do you know what I mean? Like, It's almost kind of surprising how well mobile will lend itself to the old web. In 2007, there was the whole web 2.0 trend, and they were doing a lot more with websites with JavaScript and stuff. But a lot of it was fairly simple, um, at least you know compared to now, right? But at the same time, the... Launch of the iPhone made things so mobile centric then that the um, all the different like JavaScript libraries um, had to decide how they were gonna handle stuff. Like I know that jQuery, you know, I mean they they I don't know what they've done now. Like I wonder if mobile is built into the core more. But for a while they had jQuery Mobile. Like they launched that because it's like that people were really building out JavaScript from like the middle zero, you know, from the 2000s. And then they realized that a lot of the stuff relied on browser, you know, mouse and keyboard, point and click, mousing over kind of stuff that, you know, doesn't happen anymore. And so like the web went back to a simplistic era to some extent. Yeah, I mean, it, it really has. And it's 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 kind of interesting to see like, what they're going to do with responsive if it if it is what it is or if we're going to see any more you know evolution you know like may i don't know if it's in its early stages or if it can do anything better well i think but, there's going to be a lot more the people uh, certainly people that that have a reason to want to predict something like this are predicting that uh that that um, in the next few years, uh, a lot of complexity is going to be built back into, you know, web pages as they find ways to uh, to make stuff uh, both responsive and interactive. Yeah. Right, because I I don't know. I mean, from a a desktop, you know, you know, viewer version, you you kind of feel like, oh, this is totally designed for mobile. You know, oh, like definitely. On mobile, it, it doesn't like look ridiculous, but it on this, you know, desktop, it 
kind of it kind of looks ridiculous. Well, you know, you know? that's something you I mean, face just, when you're doing a, a website. Like when I I uh, I have uh, you know I have some of my older blogs. Like if you go to PacificPelican.us/photos, uh, y- you are uh, directed to my uh, the archive of my photo blog, and that uses my very simplistic uh, Grand Arch theme, which is a child themed of Grand Fork. But the uh, it's it's just these really simplistic themes I made, um, and this works well enough for mobile because. Um, you know, you may just in some mobile browsers you may see the whole screen, but then you can tap on the left side where the pictures are, and that somewhat extraneous right column will go away. It, but but if you want the search or the random photo button, it's there if you double tap again, right, and you zoom out. That's the way a lot of the mobile you know interaction is. So something like this, where you have your content very much on the left, is pretty is pretty effective. But it's it's really I mean you really got to make some sacrifices even with really minimal uh, layouts because like on my uh, updates blog at djmcloud.com/updates th- this is the this is the thing that I have that basically tries to pull in all the different social uh, stuff that I'm writing or whatever and uh, and uh, it uses the Grand Fork theme not any you know child theme of it and. You know, this is okay for mobile, but even this has this little left column here. Mm-hmm. So instead of on the right, it's on the left, and that makes the mobile view on some bra- some mobile platforms and browsers a little, little cluttered. Just you know, you give up that that little bit of space, which is nothing on a desktop browser, even if it's a small laptop. There's that you know, it's a very small left column, right? But it's there if for links and search box or whatever. But even that, that's that's too much space cluttering up when you're talking about mobile so if you you might you might use the old kind of you know column with div you know uh with you you can you can i mean people for a long time were trying to use uh you know instead of you know floating instead of fix with i mean there's but the mobile stuff has really gotten into a lot of javascript and everything anyway the the thing is like like so so unless you go extremely minimal your theme has to have some sort of responsive element. It so, does because you know, I got a dinner tonight at Sweet Melissa's, and I went onto their website, and I got the oh, uh, we've got a mobile site here. Just tap this button. Oh, and I tapped the button, and nothing happened, and nothing happened, and really? I finally just scrolled down and. What you know, I was looking for the menu, and then there's some you know little links, and I, I click on it, and what do I get? A PDF! Yay! 2014 and PDFs are still on the web. So you, there's those things like people are all excited, and they want to have a mobile site, and they de- clearly can't figure out responsive because that's only for the cool kids. So you have these like <laughs> sucky ass. You know, sites, and most of the time what I do is I'm like, go to real website, go to full website, get me out of this shitty mobile experience. It's like, if you can't do it right on mobile, don't do it. Because those are, I would say, just in a total generalization, savvier customers, and probably most customers these days, because pretty pretty much everyone has a smartphone. And um, if you piss them off with a bad experience, it's just going to annoy them, and they're just going to call you. 
an order or whatever, or they're just going to do it at home and they're not going to do it on their phone, and you might lose that business. So I'm trying to buy a but cap same... and die and some WD-40. <laughs> exactly. And the same time with your, you know, responsive, awesome website. I mean, I, I think it's like, you know, you've got to design for, you know, is, are most of my users, you know, desktop users or are most of them mobile users? And somebody's going to lose out. That's what it is. Somebody's going to lose out in the responsive battle, right? Well, sure. I, I You're going to have to make trade-offs. Yeah. But the, the question is like, you know what? The question is, do you maintain a single website that responds as well as possible and tilts as you've as you've alluded to tilts toward your most likely audience you know do you do you make it you know you make it might look over big and kind of uh spacey on desktop but it might look about right on mobile but maybe mobile is your target right like do you do you do you make one website though and do that or do you try what i like i mean i'm tipping my hand here but do you try the 2008 solution which is to try to have, try to basically intercept the site. I mean, I mean, you can do it by having different sections of a, of a, uh, uh, you know, different functions in a PHP uh, program all the way to, you know, different. You can separate it out different ways. But do you have a totally different website, essentially, for mobile, and a totally different website for? desktop because for a while that was the trend right and you would use javascript to figure out what type of browser it was maybe or there were there were a lot there were other tools and the problem was first of all that would flag wrong the other problem was the mobile site would often be morbidly um uh under updated yes they would they would the content wouldn't be dynamically linked and i know some people would design ones that would actually dynamically link the content but even then the, like a lot of people with WordPress blogs use one of those stupid plugins and the site looked awful. It's like, why don't you just let me try to read your regular site, you know, compared to like looking at this really bland site. And for so long, people had that bad pinstripe background on the default, you know, web view. You, you know what I'm talking about on iOS. And it probably didn't look very good on Android either, you know, like in that era. And it, even if it's gotten better, like like people with the mobile only page that would often be a ghetto and it would often even not be updated properly and you got to have one site that's my view and you got to do be, it, the people that are the best at doing responsive can basically get it so you're just convinced either way you know if you have enough time and you have the best people you can you can make it so responsive that it'll work you know so i am coming from a content management perspective and i don't think that you should have one site what I think is you should have experiences and you can have all the content and the articles and then put a lot more shit on your website and do cooler shit on your website because the websites can handle cooler shit and do things on your mobile device that are really pertinent to your mobile users and really consider them as a user group and what do they need and what are they trying to do and how can you use swiping and that kind of stuff? Like, you can't swipe on, you know, a desktop. I mean, not yet anyway. Um, well, I don't know. Can you swipe on the Windows ones? I, mean, I, well, I don't know. Yet. Maybe if you have a Windows 8 uh, computer, you can go swiping on your screen and get uh, fingerprints on it and everything. But 
I think the the new the Gmail app that you gave me, what I love about it is I can swipe and tap to delete. You know, oh, like, is that the one you've been? Is it Mailbox? Have you been using yeah. that? It, that's a good app. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, I think I've recommended that show great. before. It's great. You know, and it and it. I think just really take into consideration the screen that you're working with and the audience. You know, and and why they're coming to your site. And so I think it'll be well, it'll be different for for every you know, situation. Well, you know? I think you're right. No, I think you're absolutely right. If you're, a, especially if you're a company or if you're some kind of big operation, you, the way you're talking about makes great sense. Like you make a real experience for everyone on every platform all the way to the extent that a lot of people now will basically say we have a iOS app or an Android app. And they'll, it seems like when they say that they're tipping their hand that the real experience they're designing for the mobile platform is in the app. And, Sometimes that makes sense because you can still do more with those platforms than with a web app, you know what I mean? When you have an actual system app, you know, a, a native app for those systems. So I, I could see I could see doing that. But if you're a small blog with basic content, like for example, my photo blog there, all it is is each post has one photo and there's no need for too much to be built around it. So this the over sim, overly simplistic minimal site that essentially is responsive enough because it looks kind of more or less you know um ready on mobile too because there isn't much to the site like th that i think works for small blogs uh, all the way up to what you're saying where you you have your own different experiences on different platforms and potentially maybe even apps and stuff too well i think that's part of why you know some apps are so popular because you don't want to deal with their shitty you know website or their even worse mobile site and I mean, I go, I know I've talked about the, the Starbucks app before, but you know, if you, what is the only thing that people are going to want to know when they're looking up Starbucks? Like they're going to want to know where Starbucks is. Well, they've wanna, done a good job you know, engaging other stuff though on that app because that's what you would think. Right. But, but, but I think like, but they don't have like what they have on their website on their app. They don't have like oh, no. information and no, let's no, talk no. About they're thinking, coffee. well, they're, you know, they're a big enough company that they definitely have to create a different experience because they... They have time to think about not just the fact that people are out and using their phone and looking for coffee, but they have time to think about how do we get information from this person to find out more about what our typical customer is. Like, yeah, they're 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 definitely going to be one of the top, you know, market research um, top uh, what conductors of market. GarageBand 10 just aggravates me so much. The new version of GarageBand. You know, I talked about like, oh, I'm going to move on the new version. Try, you know, go on. That works. Well, you know, it works with some things. But uh, I, uh, I wasn't a user of Final Cut Pro 7. I was using Adobe Premiere. So when Final Cut Pro 10 uh, uh, came out and I started using it, I was I liked it. It was good, you know, but I didn't have uh built up you know habits from uh, workflows from from final cut pro 7 i actually used final cut pro 2 back in college 
<laughs> but I hadn't used it in a long time. So, uh, you know, I uh, I wasn't stuck on the way that things had been done for years and that. So I I was happy to move up. But now GarageBand 10, <sighs> I, I don't even know how to describe. First of all, we have some long uh, podcasts. Like, not for long for podcasts, just long for, like, songs. See, because there is no official podcast mode. And I thought that it wasn't a big deal. But it is. It is because it doesn't support, like, massive files exporting. So I, I chopped uh, recent podcasts in half. I, I'm not... And, and, and then I, 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 I stitched it back together again with, like, music in the middle. And since we have plenty of musical interludes on this podcast, it probably didn't sound too out of sorts, but actually there was a slight editing artifact where I, like, it's like a, you know, just a slight doubling of, like, a consonant as I'm coming back in. And it's because I'm not really a pro with audacity, and I had it. I, I felt like I, I I didn't know what how to mess with it. I thought it was it was pretty pretty much there, and there's just that one little artifact. And I was like, yeah, you know, there's it's just a little effect. You know, people might, you know, people will hear, it and then it'll just you know, it'll keep going. So so um you know, uh but, but I had to put the thing back together with audacity. That's why it was an MP3. Well, you know, there are times like I remember when they did like that an iTunes update and we used to and it was I think it was, it was podcast related because we used to listen to, to dance department and you used to be able to just like skip from song to song within mm. a podcast or like you know you could like almost put like markers in your podcast yeah and they took it out and it was like don't update work on this old version as long as you can and you know they just make those changes and you just think no. like when nobody ever listened to podcasts and want to like you know jump or skip the, to certain the, sections the podcast chapters was a thing that was supported in the old version of garage band and now you know they don't have a podcast creating tool y- yeah it it's They're trying to kill free speech <laughs> there you go um but uh i i think uh that um uh, th- th- it, there's, there's, there was a, there's been like some buzz about podcasting, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, uh, I think about two years ago or so is when it broke in the comedy world and it's kind of breaking more in the sports world and then like the music world, right? That was the, that was, we, we'd been listening to dance department from like, 2006 right like gareth emery others like electronic podcast was they've been around for a while and then the tech world was into it i mean at the very early days and then there was kind of a tech world trend around 2007 to 2010 which kind of gave way to a comedy trend i just mean the stuff that a lot of people were maybe you know what i mean listen to on itunes and stuff like that yeah but uh and then npr they'd have very popular podcasts too so uh um but uh, th- there's there's this uh, uh, okay there, there there's this uh, podcast you know there's many podcasts about podcasting a kind of almost shocking number but there's this um, <laughs> there's this podcast called Podcasters Roundtable and they this is from August 2013. All right, Podcasters Roundtable round 16. Podcasting is back. Have you heard? <laughs> it is back. We have a, um... He where'd it go? Himself. Where'd it go? It went away, Todd. <laughs> where have you been? 
Uh, I'm glad you're back, though. I'm glad everyone is back. Actually, it's Todd's first time. Is it a podcast and he's also videoing himself? Well, yeah, I think they release an audio version, but they, but like, like a lot of podcasts, they've moved to video. You know what? Actually, that's a, that's a good, um, actually question, but I think that a lot of podcasts have gone to also releasing video for every show, but I think, I think if you release it, it as audio, and you also do his video, you, you might still call yourself a podcast. Would you call this a vlogcast? <laughs> Are they vlogging? I mean, do I... Who wants to watch Rush Limbaugh, you know, do his radio show? I mean, I don't understand that. I don't understand why someone would want to watch this. Unless they're just using YouTube as like a for the audio basically or like do they do anything cool are we gonna see anything cool i i i uh can't promise that stop using video it's the wrong medium all right i'll get that in post uh, uh -oh. i'll get the levels on that in post <laughs> i can't scream I no you I can would... scream all you want <laughs> you can you can oh scream look at me i made it yeah. the the level the the where are those what, what what's the term for that um, the I, audio levels. I call it the no lie detector lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got you got yourself. Well, that's okay, because I go through, and I sometimes, a lot of times I don't get the soundboard levels right, or there's a clip that's too loud, or I get too loud. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's fine. I just go in, uh, and lower some of them down, and you'd be surprised. It comes out pretty smooth. That's, that's kind of the post-editing thing that I do for a lot of the podcasts. Probably not all of them. And, and for some of them, it's just a few, but some of them I go through and get a lot of them because there's like a soundboard I was using that was too loud or, or something like that. And I'm like, uh, and stop yeah. shouting. I'm not <laughs> That picture of Arnold looks like he has boobs. It's got, is that photoshopped? Negative. Really? <laughs> I, I, I mean, those are not really pecs. Like those are right? boobs. You brought me nothing but pain. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks about having all these soundboards. I mean, if he even knows. I'm kind of guessing that he has no idea, but I, I don't know. I just saw him in a commercial for something. So he must, I mean, somebody must know. Like, let's use Arnold in a commercial because he's popular with the kids. I guess he, he has like a kitsch factor. I just think it's he funny because, like, you know what? He was just such a mo made such a mockery of the state that I lived in back when I lived in California. He was like, you know, he was the governor for a good bit of the time I lived there, and I just it was so funny. It was such a mockery of, like, you know, like the idea. You know, he was like, "Is that we're gonna terminate the deficit?" And it's like, uh, actually, it's kind of like he didn't really do that well when he was in office. Do you know what I mean? But he came in with so much hype and people were like, yeah, yeah, the guy who played the Terminator will terminate the deficit. And he's just like, you know. Yeah, like, did anybody read that speech before you gave it? Special interests have a stranglehold in Sacramento. For details on how to register and get absentee ballots, go to my website, joinarnold.com. And the people have a right to know what it means for them. Yeah, do you think, he, is he like the new Chuck Norris? <laughs> I guess. I mean, he's, I think it's he's only like 10 years younger than Chuck Norris, right? or 15 years younger than Chuck Norris, but I guess he is. I guess he's at like a, 
Maybe is that like a kind of a, yeah, like a, a kind of late period kind of a living legend status? I guess. I mean, he really didn't do well in politics, but I guess in show business, he still has an iconic uh, kind of a stature to some extent. I don't know. You know, like, you know me because I don't, I don't, I don't see too many movies and stuff, so I don't really know how he still rates in the movie world. But I think he was, he did one or two of those Expendables with Stallone, right? Yeah, well, look, there's a thing that says Arnold Schwarzenegger goes undercover. Hmm. It's number three on the top five. So there, there you go. So getting, and... getting his way back into the uh, into the news for sure. He can always fall back on his acting. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> so um, uh, there's a. Uh, tell you what uh there was a video that you uh telling me about um and uh oh timber by pitbull i think it's featuring kesha okay so kesha has an eating disorder um and she's getting treatment for it for bulimia and I saw an article that talked about this video, which is a pretty popular song. Um, and, you know, we haven't, neither of us have seen the video, so we're going to watch it and kind of get an honest reaction. But, you know, is Kesha being, like, sexy and, you know, provocative? And, you know, or is she, you know, faking it and pretending, um to be sexy when she's not really feeling that way at all because of all the the pressures of the music industry to be a certain way. And I think I read something too in the article about, you know, her people or whatever, you know, said, you know, you gotta lose weight, you gotta look this way, you gotta do this thing. Um, and so there's just this whole, you know, way of, you know, looking at this video and maybe seeing her in a lot of pain and, you know, kind of pretending, so. Um, yeah, I think you got it right up there on that tab. Where? Right there. Yeah. It's going down. I'm yelling to my. Remember, I'll be the one you won't forget. Yes, 
anything come jumping like LeBron now. Mold it, order me another round. Homie, we about to clown. Why? Cause it's about to go down. Swing your partner round and round. vibe at all from Kesha. She's kind of, she's always kind of been like a more of a badass, but you can see, I mean, just, you know, the need to be beautiful and sexy and perfect and flat and the music industry, you know, they have a toll on any woman. So do you think you can, can you you feel like you can see that from the video or do you are you just say that in general because she yeah, wants to rip? I don't know that I can see it in the video. I mean she looks kind of sad and sullen um, in some of the the uh, photos. But there was like I think there was something like the the article said like when she was like touching her thigh like can't you just see her like being like oh my thighs but oh I didn't get that. Okay. So you think that even though there is maybe something to it that's like an overwrought kind of media thing, maybe even yeah. to some extent. Um, you, I think it's like, let's try to make a story about uh, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, 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 okay, so that's the main thing is it's just, it's just, it's just going for like a story. <laughs> so, uh, well, <laughs> there's a, um, there's a, a, uh, change going on in the, um, uh, movie theater world. Uh, Paramount is going to be the, uh, first, uh, studio to not distribute analog, you know, f uh, or, or film prints of their movies to theaters. They're digital only. Wow. And I'm sure a lot of theaters have, you know, digital projectors. Apparently about 8% of theaters don't only. 
So at this okay. point, big time Paramount movies, they're showing The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio. So I guess the big, a lot of, I mean, Paramount's always been a really big studio, right? So that's going to be a big, I mean, I mean, if you want to show a lot of the blockbusters now, you're going to have to uh, have digital. So that those 8% of stragglers are maybe oh, some of them are art house theaters that are only going to show certain types of movies, especially ones that only show older movies. You, you probably, it, that's still probably going to be on film stock, right? I mean, like the old prints, but but uh, for new movies, if you want to be a big uh, chain, yeah, I mean, you've, you you probably knew for a few years because uh, they've been saying that they're going to do this. So other studios are probably going to follow suit. And, uh, you know, there have been rumors for a while, but uh, apparently Wolf of Wall Street was the first major Hollywood movie to only go in digital. Well, that's a really interesting move. So didn't you see Wolf of Wall Street? Or no, you saw American Hustle. I'm sorry, I got those. I got those confused. Yeah, I don't know what Wolf of Wall Street is about. Yeah, I think that might. I think that one is a uh, Martin Scorsese movie. Oh, okay. And I think it is about you know Wall Street. You know, some sort of uh, uh, you know. Cute, um, adorable little wolf running around. I'm going, not sure. Oh! I think it's about m- manipulating you know markets or or oh, or skullduggery uh, in the financial fun. arena or something like that. I thought there was going to be a real wolf. Uh, uh, where's my wolf? Isn't that what we're all asking? Where's my wolf? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, you saw that, yeah, you saw that movie American Hustle, and, and that wasn't, uh, I guess that wasn't anything, any great shakes. Wait, no, it's, I look up wolf howling on YouTube, and instead it's someone talking about wolf howling. Gonna, um, no deal. Hear his beautiful Arctic wolf howl, but he now likes to chit chat a little bit, so he doesn't want to stop there. He wants to howl a couple. You son of a bitch! How are they gonna get him to howl? That right, is a big. That's what he is, literally. <gasps> Look at him. The humans are howling. Stop it! It's pretty cool. I mean, I like like all, a lot of the little features on it. Um, there's there's stuff I'm looking at. I'm you know, I'm not ready to recommend any other Android apps yet that I haven't talked about. But you know, this one is this one is pretty cool. Like first of all, it has the widget. Now I know that's like an Android thing, but you know, like the widget is pretty cool. And say if you wanted to like. Um, uh, tweet it's only a couple clicks away and with Android you know like you you can like favorite something or retweet it and then you can go to the the main app it's a dark app but that's the way a lot of these you know Android apps are uh, 
kind of style. And then, um, I mean, yeah, you can you can go to the top with that, or just pull uh, down. And it does embed Instagram. It has little ones, and then you click on it, and it gets bigger. So uh, you know, it, it it does pretty good with that. Uh, it you know will view stuff in browser, and because it's Android, it's easy to just push it. You know, push the link to another app like uh, Chrome or uh, Pocket or whatever. Hmm. You know, it uses the the built-in Twitter pictures. Okay, they look kind of wide, but you can always click on them. What's up with uh, Facebook and Twitter cropping photos? Well, that's a good point because they're cropped in this talent app, but that's the way it looks very much on the web, right? So on the one hand, talent is doing a pretty good job making it look the way, you know, making the experience pretty much the same as the web. On the other hand, yeah, I don't know what some of the design decisions that Ugh. have gone on on Twitter in the last month or so are. I've seen a couple people talking about that on my feed, but not too many. But like, like somebody's like, I guess I can deal. Somebody on my Twitter. Uh, Twitter, somebody on my uh, Twitter feed uh, um, says something like, I guess I can tolerate the changes on the web, the Twitter web app, but I don't, I don't really like them or something. And I was thinking it's just the relatively superficial interface elements that she was talking about. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably the photo cropping and stuff too. I mean, as a, as a photographer, you know, mm -hmm. like, just don't show it or show it all. I mean... Don't do some random arbitrary cropping. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that the way it crops is very curious. And uh, it, it seems strange that they just recently started pushing their own uh, service, their own built-in photo sharing by the fact that it's the only one that really shows up the same way. It, it, the, the, it, stands, out, it stands out the most compared to other services, right? Like Instagram... You have to click all the way through now on the on the site. But even other services, you've got to click a little button to enlarge the window to see the the photo now from Flickr or 500px or something like that. Yeah. But the Twitter photo service automatically surfaces the photo in the feed, right? So now first they do that, then they start these really strange cropping uh, um, behaviors. You know what? And they, they, if you push your Instagram, I mean, I know this is probably old news, but it still annoys me. If you push your Instagram to Twitter and you have an at in there, it breaks the at. It's so annoying. Oh, come on. This is bullshit. That's Facebook. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> But I got um, retweeted today by Scotch. Really? Uh, Who's Scotch? Scotch. <laughs> like uh, this tape 3M product. Oh! Because okay. I got a red high, high heel shoe tape dispenser. Um, I push the boundaries of ordering office supplies at work. And I, I needed a new tape dispenser. And I think they were about the same price as like the ugly black, you know, boring, you know, ones. And so I put it in and I was like, well, hey, I, I actually picked like a, a cat print one, but um, they didn't have them. But I got a red one. Um, and 
I took a photo of it and, you know, tweeted it and everything this morning and I I copied um, Scotch and 3M and they wrote back and, um, and retweeted it. And I was just like, I love when brands do that. I love when brands have fun and respond and, you know, and the cool thing that I thought um, when I was looking on my, you know, Twitter feed was um, they said, you know, Scotch has, you know, I think it was like entered into a conversation or started a conversation with you. And I like that, you know, I, I like the idea of, you know, this idea of starting a conversation. So, yeah, I see that right there. You got retweeted. That's great. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's a really big brand for sure. I mean, I remember uh, like Scotch tape, that's always what, uh, what any kind of clear tape uh, that was like that, what, what we would call, I guess we actually had that brand that we always did buy that brand because sometimes you know, like we didn't have Kleenex branded tissue in my house usually when I was a kid, but like people would call it Kleenex a lot of times, right? Like, but, uh, you know, you really have to be careful about your brand becoming common, right? That's how your trademark beats oblivion. Yeah. today and he told me to ask you about the 1969 World Series classic uh, 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 the, that was the first uh, world championship by the Mets the first of two and who did they beat I want to say the Baltimore Orioles they but I did okay am I right okay and that's what what happened to the Jets that year? I I want to say that was very close to the Joe Namath years when they won a Super Bowl, but I don't know if that was this exact year, but it lines up pretty closely. I don't know the NFL as well, though. Who they beat? You, oh, let me think. I, I want to think they were... I want to say they, were, they may have been favored because the Jets were from the newer uh, conference, right? But... Uh, but I, I actually, you know, like I said, I, I'm just not a real NFL uh, guru. Maybe somebody like the Cowboys, though. Baltimore. Oh, the, the Baltimore Colts. Yes. Okay. And um, he was saying that he's like, that was a really tough year. I think he said he was like oh, I 10 see. years old or something. And, you know, all his teams lost and they all lost to, I guess, New York teams. Maybe so... I don't know if there was like a basketball team that also lost, but he was like, ask your husband about that year. And we were, cause we were talking about that, you know, we got on to talk, we always, I always talk sports with him, um, cause he's uh, from Baltimore. So he's a Ravens fan. And he said that um, the, you know, the Ravens moved to Baltimore and, or no, the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. And then there was another team mm -hmm. The Browns, maybe in baseball or something, the Baltimore Browns. 
if you go back far enough, I do think there was one somewhere like Philadelphia or Baltimore or something. But it was like both of the teams in Baltimore were were the Browns. Oh, if you go back up, yeah. Uh, yeah that, and I was talking about the like poster that. you have in your room, and I said, you know, I, my yeah. husband has this poster of like the history of the baseball, you know, teams and and how they've changed, and you know how it makes sense that you know when you see like you know, a name that doesn't, you know, fit, you're like, oh, well, that's, like, the Utah Jazz. I know that's basketball, but no, you're but like, that's oh, a, that's a be, perfect example. You know, in New Orleans. New Orleans so, so, there's a lot yeah. of those things and, in there. And then, and then the, they, they changed their names to, uh, to the Pelicans now. The team that used to be the Charlotte Hornets went there, and they're finally like, why don't we change some, something, yeah. you know, local there. Who but, you know, if, if, uh, if that, um, if, if, if the Baltimore, uh, fan that you were talking to, um, uh, get you know, had enough uh, bad you know years for his teams. He might be like this. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it was funny because that's know, a Browns fan, of course. That that is a Browns fan, and we were. Um, I I introduced him to the 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 term sports logic. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> and I, I explained to him, you know, my story, my first uh, kind of, you know, sports logic moment was when you said that you really hated the Braves, which he also hates. Seems like everybody hates the Braves. Mm, people that aren't from the Southeast and uh, tend to very much be against the Braves. Yeah. And I was telling him the story of, you know, how I had opportunity for us to go see the Braves, but I didn't get, you know, tickets because <laughs> you hated them. And then... I said, well, no, I didn't get the tickets. You're like, why? I hate the Braves. I want to see them lose. And I was like, sports logic. So um, he says, you know, his team, his side of the Baltimore Orioles have been really bad for like the past 15 years. And That's had, kind of how we they, got started they, on it. They got decent the last year or two yeah. for the first time, right? Not great, but they they finally have had a decent team on the field the last year or two. I, I think... Uh, that's that's a team that's turned around. There, I'd be. It's a lot more hopeful being an Orioles fan today than a Mets fan today. I would say. Yeah. So his his baseball sports logic is, you know, when it comes to the, I guess the playoffs, he's like, which the Orioles don't make. He he hates the Yankees and he hates the Braves, so he'll he'll never cheer for those two teams. Then he goes with any team in the original. I don't know what is it like original sixteen. Or oh wow, something. he has a whole like uh, oh, yeah. system. Oh wow. Then he's like he's like no, those like new expansion teams or whatever. Oh, then he goes then to teams who play on real grass. Huh? Versus what? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it used to be astroturf, but there's newer uh, uh, type stuff like field turf and stuff, but yeah. ar- artificial turf or something. Yeah, so then he's, you know, and he, he keeps narrowing it down and narrowing it down, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. But I was like, wow, you are a real baseball guy. Because we were talking about the, the Super Bowl. Um, I, I told him, I said, do you. Do you know that it's it's called the weed bowl or the pot bowl? And he kind of <laughs> laughed and he's like, "No, I hadn't heard that." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. you know, because uh, Seattle and Denver, you know, both have legalized weed." And he thought that was pretty. Yeah, funny. I heard. <laughs> he's a cool. He's a cool guy. So, um, but yeah, I I like that name for the the weed bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, it, you know, uh, uh, I saw Tommy Chong was tweeting about that. I saw <laughs> political bloggers were tweeting about that. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, two pretty good teams too. You know, at the very beginning of the podcast, you know how there's a little bit, 
uh, where the music is a little quieter at the very beginning, and sometimes we introduce the podcast number and stuff, that, well, this time uh, I played a little clip from Richard Sherman uh, in that post-game interview, but I really like that, and I liked how he called Michael Crabtree out, and I don't know why he even backed off slightly, even though, like, I guess there was a, there was a, there was, like, a very, very uh, ridiculous backlash Oh yeah, I see here he's saying the reaction was mind boggling. But but I gotta admit, like, um I uh I, I, I like this and I'm totally in favor of what he said. And I don't like Michael Crabtree either. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of crazy, but you know what? I mean, I mean, you know, she. You know what though? Actually, when you actually cool. listen to what he says, it's not that nothing bad. wrong with it. No, no, it's just look, intense. Yeah, no, he is an adult. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is a guy who is a professional football player playing against other professional football players. And he is saying, he's very very strongly sharing his feelings after the game. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like, I think we, we have to, like, maybe as a culture, we have to allow, you know what I mean? Like, that kind, of, that kind of thing. When he's not swearing, he's not threatening anybody. He's not talking about anybody's family. He's keeping it on the, he's talking it on the field. You know, he's still on the field, literally. So maybe he calms down later. Imagine the adrenaline you would need to win a game like that, right? To, to tip a pass, like, at the end of the game the way yeah. he did. To what, beat the 49ers? You know? Well, he's, he, he finished. Yeah, I mean, that was probably the decisive play in the game. So, you know, yeah. you've got, I mean, there's going to be adrenaline. And, and I mean, you know, I don't, I guess people are making this too much. Like, apparently, like, there are there are actual racist reactions, which is ridiculous. But when people actually use terms that are racist, it's like obviously a racist reaction. And I think there's a little bit of that going on, uh, undergirding it, the, the reaction to it. But you know what else? Maybe there's just a reaction to, like, you know, like, it's just kind of like, like, I don't want to, I don't like to be one of those people that talks about how, like, you know, there's too much kind of like not letting people just, just, you know, he's just being a dude. He's just like being like kind of over the top, but there's nothing wrong. Like he said, you know, what did he say that was really wrong? You know what I mean? Like, so he doesn't like this guy. This guy can, can go home and, you know, can go like go play harder the next game if he wants. It's not hurt anybody. What do you regret about all that? What do you not regret about all of that? CNN interview. Well, there, there isn't much about it I regret. You know, mostly I regret, yeah, <laughs> I guess the, the storm afterwards. The, the, you know, the way it was covered, the way it was perceived, and, and the attention that it took away from the fantastic performances of my teammates, you know. And that, that, that'd be the only part of it I regret, you know, the way it's covered. You know, I, it is what it is. What, what I said is what I said. I, 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 you know, I don't say... I, I... All right, so, I mean, once we're getting into athlete cliches of it is what it is, I'm pretty much <laughs> ready to turn it off, you know? And it just... I mean, what else What else could you possibly offer at that point? Yeah. I thought... I think it was the... Yeah. Just some good old adrenaline and, you know, end of the game and just, you know, t- talking like try to put that guy on me i'll show him i'm the best you know like just riled up so that's what but that's what they try to do they stick a microphone in your face right after that intensity and they hope to get something like this i think somebody said like 
it was the most tweeted about thing, or it had like a bazillion million tweets or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how things are judged these days. There was a lot of tweets about that. It was really popular. The kids were talking about it. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking joke. Absolutely. Well, um, this has been a good uh, episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Jessica. Thanks for having me. And this has been podcast 122 of the Pacific Pelican.us slash 64 podcast. And uh, we're recording on January 22nd, 2014. Whoa, 122 on 122. That's pretty cool.